Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Tape Measure Takes, episode 53. As always, it is your host, Ryrie, once again joined by Chris, a.k.a. Schwebzy. Hi, friends. Getting into it, another week of baseball, another week closer to opening day, eight days away. And this week, we have a special guest with us. Schwebzy, do your thing. Yes, uh, today we have with us one of the many talented writers over at Pitcher List, uh, Michael Legetto. If you're unfamiliar with Pitcher List, you really, really should not be. Uh, in a relatively short time, they've gone from a relatively niche publication to being at the forefront of public baseball analysis. Uh, they're basically just side by side with Fangraphs, Baseball Prospectus, Baseball Savant. They're one of the big boys now, and it's happened so quickly. Uh, with the interest in baseball analytics exploding, PitcherList has done a really, really great job of finding uh, all of these writers with unique voices and a passion for analytics. And he, they've given them a platform and they've unleashed them on the baseball world. Uh, and one of those unique voices is Michael Legetto. So we've got him here with us today. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. It's true. Um, I am here. Uh, I'm not I'm not that special, but uh, yeah, I, I started up uh, my own blog, my own Mariners blog um, back in 2014. Um, I ran that for about four years with one of my friends like really really inconsistently and then um i mean i really didn't run it with him like we started it together we started podcasting but i really did all the articles and and our podcast didn't last very long so um yeah um i did that until 2018 and then when i signed on at pitcher list there was no need to do that um i because really like when i wanted to write mariners articles i'd rather put them out where, you know, thousands of people are going to read it as opposed to maybe 10. Um, and so, yeah, I just started at Lookout Landing um, maybe in March, uh, February, March. And so, yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing now. Um, just writing over at Pitcher List, doing Mariners content at Lookout Landing. And then I have my own podcast where uh, I talk about the Mariners with Andy Patton called um, It's Never Sunny in Seattle. Because it's not. It's. Uh, I think. I think it plays pretty well. Because, uh, you know, pretty rainy and pretty dreary because of our sports teams. That's a good it's name. I'm jealous. I'm jealous funny. of it. Thank you. We rebranded before we were um, Griffey's Nap Time Podcast because he uh, infamously fell asleep yes. in the the clubhouse uh, when he was, you know, an old man. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I've got going on um, right now. Yeah. As far as team specific websites uh blogs like lookout landing is basically like the tops it's you know it's one of the one of the biggest ones out there it's Tur funny it's uh it, it's it's really weird to me that you know we're one of the in terms of just like overall you know how we are year to year we're one of the worst teams in sports ever since our inception uh and yet we have a ton of people who are either mariners fans or have you know kind of started at lookout landing and graduated or just you know our staff now is really good so um yeah it's it's a really weird feeling um i've been reading them since 2010 so it's it's been really surreal it's funny how that works out like i'm i'm a mets fan and we have a huge online community. I, I, I think the I think the misery breeds company. Like yeah. you, you just you we we all commiserate with each other on the internet when our team uh, fails us over and over and over. 
Yeah. So how did you wind up at PitcherList? Um, so I was just like doing my normal blog stuff and I had just started kind of making it a point to just start, start writing more consistently because I wanted to become a better writer and I wanted people to read my work. Um, and then one day, I don't remember if anyone sent it to me. I feel like one of my friends sent it to me. Um, either my friend or my, or my brother, I don't even know if I saw it on my own, but I saw picture list um sent out you know uh a tweet and it was just like hey we're hiring for these positions um and honestly i didn't even really read pitcherless before because i wasn't like i played fantasy sports but i i wasn't as into them as i am now um and i was willing to do anything like if nick would have said hey man like do do gifts or do gift breakdowns or um whatever like i would have done it um but when I talked to him, when I had my interview with him, he said, you know, you seem like a, a good fit for like going deep, um, doing more like analytical pieces. Um, and I was like, thank God you said that. Cause I would have done like whatever you wanted me to, but like, that's <laughs> definitely my jam. Um, and, um, he was basically just like, yeah, man, they're just like kind of fan graphs articles, but like they can be, you know, more in depth. Um, and so I started at PitcherList and, and really haven't looked back ever since, you know, um, I think by my, really by my Oliver Perez article, which was like maybe my second or third or fourth article, um, I'd kind of found my voice and my niche and I hopefully have just been getting better ever since. Um, I, I spent way too much time going through your articles in the just since since we knew you were going to be a guest because uh, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm obsessive and uh, yeah I'm sorry for that I feel I feel that man me too <laughs> but, and uh, when I when going through I found the Noah Syndergaard article you wrote uh, I don't know six eight months ago mm -hmm. and that was and I, I remembered that one I was like oh oh Ajeto wrote like the 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 Syndergaard article because yeah. that was the that was like you because. You, I like to think I'm a pretty big baseball fan. I, um, I I like analytics, but I wouldn't say I have like an in-depth understanding of it. Mm -hmm. So it's just reading reading your analysis of Syndergaard and why he was failing and what was different from his more successful days. It was just it was so eye-opening. Like I had never even thought like, oh, he's lost he's lost extension and you know intuitively it makes so much sense. The perceived mm -hmm. velocity you start closer to the plate, it looks faster, right. but to see that play out and to see like, you know, tangible research and, and, you know, tangible conclusions. And it was just, it was, it, it stood out to me then to the point where I saw it now. And I'm like, oh, you know what, that makes sense because it, you know, uh, that, that kind of, uh, that kind of, uh, analysis is really, I, I think your strength it, and it's really, really, uh, intuitive. It's explained well. I, I think you you mentioned your voice earlier, and like I think explaining complicated uh, concepts in an easily understood way is really a strength of yours. Um, so one thing I wanted to know uh, has getting into analytics and writing about analytics changed the way that you watch baseball at all? Yeah, I think I think um, I. Someone asked me this somewhat recently, or, or we were talking about it, maybe in like the Pitcherless Discord, um, and I think it absolutely has. I mean, 
just learning more about baseball and learning about the like inner workings of like why why pitchers are good like you know just I think I definitely am like watching for different things now and and it doesn't necessarily mean that they're all analytics like I know now you know like before I didn't really know catcher signs like I didn't know that you could really like tell what pitch was coming as long as there weren't runners on base like just by watching um what's on tv and so now you know like i'm, I'm honing in on um you know like what is the catcher um you know what's he flashing uh in terms of like signs where's he setting up um it's a lot more intuitive to me now like when a pitcher's missing because you'll see like the catcher's mitt flash up and like um that was something i mean i i talk to my friends a lot about music and sometimes i'm always really impressed um because i'm like i don't know how you can hear that like you have such a much more like tuned in like ear to these kind of like nuances and and music yeah. and that's kind of what it's become for me with baseball is like a lot of these things i don't have to think about as much anymore like i i have hypotheses going in and I'll go through my normal checklist of just like what could be usually I'm going in and it's either what's the issue or what's the problem. Sometimes people will just be like, hey, look into this player. And so it's not that much, but it's it's really exploratory with kind of hypotheses going in. And sometimes, you know, my mind gets changed. Like I just wrote an article about Brennan Workman and I went into it feeling pretty negatively about him and I came out feeling a lot more positively um and so yeah it, it definitely changes the way that i watch the game and i certainly have more thoughts about even just like watching a baseball game like you should be doing this more you should be doing this less like that kind of thing um and i'm i'm trying to get better at um you know video work and being able to kind of identify mechanical flaws and like things like that which isn't easy because I think there are ways that are more right to do things, but humans are just so different. Something that works for one won't work for another and and vice versa. So um, yeah, I would say it's definitely had, that was my really long answer for yes. <laughs> <laughs> so like as part of that, when you're writing an article about a specific picture, will you watch like three, four, five consecutive starts or will you watch like one or two multiple times? or even just appearances of them? Just write up? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so sometimes I, I won't look at any video, um, which is kind of weird, but it's... it's The numbers can tell me a lot, and I think... I think in a way the numbers can tell me kind of more than videos can, because I don't want to say numbers don't lie, because they do. Um... Or I guess really the numbers don't lie, but people can make them, you know, tell stories that, that just aren't true. Yeah. Um, and I think that people really overestimate their ability to um, just know something to be true by, like, watching video. They're like, oh, you know, that guy, like, just by looking at him, I don't think he's a good baseball player. And it's like, uh, yeah, that's because, you know, he's not been good and you're biased, um, but... You know, like he has a good spin rate on his fastball or, you know, like he's just not tunneling his pitches well or something like that. Yeah. So um, I, I really think that we as a whole overestimate our ability to 
um, know things with our eyes. And I think that's especially true of something like like fielding because they're like we just fall so susceptible to um, heuristics, which are like mental shortcuts. Um, so like we see one thing and and we just think that like you know, one bad play by a fielder means that they're a bad fielder, and that's just not true. Yeah. It, although we've come a long way from scout reports about players having the wrong head shape to play baseball. Right. <laughs> it's like phrenology or something. It's like, what What are we What are uh, we doing what, here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Daniel Vogelbach definitely has the wrong head shape to play baseball. It, just... Yeah. And also, no neck. No neck hurts. Uh, but... <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Mikey is a uh, is a Mariners fan for those who don't know, yeah, um, and um, you're welcome for Kellenic. Yeah, uh, thank that's, you. That's, that's uh, gonna hurt. That's gonna hurt forever. Swebsy got the reference in himself this week. Yeah, just beating you to it. <laughs> I li- he's been good. No, I literally do. I literally every week. I think every week since you've been on, I've done that. Uh, but uh, you mentioned the Workman article, and I like that article, and I, I like that you mentioned that you went into writing it with a negative opinion of him because that article came to like conflicting conclusions like you found positives and negatives about him and still came out you know looking at him in a in a better light than you came in and i think that's the sign of you know good analysis it's like you're not letting the your your previous impression of him you know shade your judgment too much uh you're letting the numbers speak for him and I, I think that's, you know, sign of a good article, good analysis. Yeah, uh, it, it was definitely, it was definitely weird. Like, um, I talked to fast about it in the past because a lot of my work is moving towards looking at like the sustainability of batted ball contact. And he's a pitcher that, um, yeah, he did, you know, start striking out a lot more hitters, but a lot of his breakout, like his swinging strike percentage isn't good and so it's like well if he's not missing bats his k percentage probably isn't sustainable um but you know i found that he's getting a lot of called strikes and there's a reason for it and also the batted ball like limiting hard contact is probably somewhat sustainable yeah in your findings you found that brandon workman was basically like the best at limiting uh Mm -hmm. contact on what was it his cutter specifically I mean, really, all of his pitches, um, except, you know, maybe his fastball, but even his fastball has performed well, which I think that's the main pitch that we're going to see regress. But, um, yeah, he, he just throws, I mean, cutters in general, change-ups and, and, like, knuckle curves are pitches that just inherently um, limit hard co- contact for the most part. So, yeah. I, I think the operative word out of all uh, of workman's description is interesting and you Mm -hmm. do seem to have a knack for finding interesting players or an interesting angle on players Mm -hmm. uh how do you like how do you choose who you're going to write about do you does it just kind of come to you do you do you look for something specific yeah so i think a lot of that comes from reading jeff sullivan's work uh ever since he was outlook outlanding um that's where i got my start reading about baseball because like I already liked baseball and then Jeff just put a spin on things that I really love the way that he writes. It's really flowery. It's really silly. Um, it's really, really non-conventional or unconventional, I should say. Um, and I try to, you know, take parts of that in terms of the analysis itself and the writing style. And, you know, obviously I, like, I don't want to just be Jeff Sullivan. I want to be my own person, my own writer, but I, 
you know, try to just have that influence be there. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think, oh, like, especially during his time at Fangraphs, he had a, a, a knack for just being like, this player's doing a really weird thing, and he would write about it. But for me, um, I do want to write about them, but I think that's more in terms of, like, picture lists, the across-the-seams kind of work as opposed to going deep. And so I'm kind of marrying the two where it's like, this player's doing something weird, and let's, like, analyze it too. Um, and so... Yeah, usually, I mean, I, I just really love any opportunity that I get to to write about, like, a weird arm slot or a weird pitch or, you know, just whatever. Um, so it's something that I'm looking out for, but also I just re- want to write about players that are, for the most part, underappreciated. Like, sometimes I'll be like, hey, this guy is, like, not... He doesn't necessarily deserve his reputation, I suppose, but... I don't like to be negative. Um, I, I don't like the way that we talk about baseball players and like, um, it's just the weird, it's weird the like way that we talk about them as if they're like subhuman. Um, and so I, I want to see everyone win. I want to see everyone shine. And so usually um, I will admit, you know, when players have pretty significant drawbacks, but I often will have some kind of spin on it where like this guy could be good. And in, even if he's not, he's still, you know, in the top, 10 percent of the world so you know pretty impressive nonetheless um like, so yeah I, I think i answered your question <laughs> sorry it's good stuff whether you did or didn't yeah so yeah i i you had you had an article about tyler rogers which was fantastic with that it's like you know maybe not a great pitcher but very interesting yeah and uh, and i think that's that's an example of um um, Kyle Horton, uh, a pitcherless writer, reached out to me, and he's actually he's been a hitter in college, and uh, I think he reached out to his coaches, and he's like, "Hey, let me pitch this year," and they're like, "Okay, but you need to throw submarine." So he, I think, had been doing his own work, looking at, um, you know, like how can I go about doing this? And I'd never heard of Tyler Rogers, or I might have heard of him, but I'd definitely never seen him pitch. Uh, and he's like, "Hey," um, I think this is a really interesting topic, but I think you'd do it more justice than I would. And I was like, I think you're wrong, but if you want me to do it, I will. Um, And so, yeah, that's definitely an example of more so, I mean, I did end up doing some analysis, so it honestly is kind of a going deep, but um, of me writing like an Across the Steams article that's like, hey, this thing's weird, let's talk about it. Um, And I, I, I actually really want to make a point to do more of that um, this year, which is why I wrote that Brett Cecil article. Yeah, that was a fun one. It was it was you had like a string of like interesting reliever articles before uh, before transitioning <laughs> to uh to massive dingers with Jorge Soler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so before the baseball season died, uh you took on a massive massive project where you basically did a deep dive on every single pitcher, starting pitcher for 15 teams, I think it was like that yeah you you you, your tone is like oh i kind of yeah i forgot about that (laughs) i know six six months ago feels like forever yeah (laughs) seriously so doing that kind of hyper specific deep dive on that volume of players is like such a nick pollock thing and i think that that was his project before you helped him out correct Yeah. yeah yeah he does that every year 
So I, I know during during PitchCon, which we're gonna get to, uh, he said that you're you know you're you're one of the rising stars of the uh, baseball writing world, which you know shows his high opinion of you, and you know shows yeah. why he trusted you with this baby. So how <laughs> how was that monstrosity? Because I can't I can't imagine writing one of those articles, let alone fifteen. Yeah, fifteen just sounds like so much. Yeah, man. Uh, I think they're six thousand words a piece, um, give or take. Um, and yeah, I think, I think we had just finished up, uh, uh, either a podcast or a video chat or something. And at the end, I think we were doing a lot of off season stuff and I was just like, you know, Hey, um, if, if you need help with, you know, these, like there's 30 of them. And at this point, like, I hope you trust my pitching analysis and everything. And, uh, he's like, all right, man, I'll let you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I was like, He's not going to let me know. Like, he's just going to do it, which is fine. Um, but then he did reach out and he's like, actually, um, do you mind taking some? And I forgot how many were left at that point. Maybe he had probably done like eight, ten. So I was like, yeah, I'll take like these eight or something. Um, and then just as time passed, he was just like, hey, can you take a couple more or whatever? So we ended up getting to... Pro like probably somewhere around 15 and um it was like crunch time like we were trying to get it to you know um everything to be done before the launch and then we not only had to have them done but we had to have our like ebook done um so yeah he reached out to me and and we did that and it was the last night i probably wrote four to six of them um just from like i got off work <laughs> And I stayed up till like three or four or five a.m. that night. Lord. And uh, my wow. like my my internet went out. Like I'm sure Comcast was just doing some like routine maintenance that they often do when people shouldn't be awake. Uh, and so I had to like use like tether with my phone uh, to finish the last like Dodgers article, which is so stressful. Um, but yeah, I think um, it. I think part of the reason why, like, Nick is an encyclopedia of pitching knowledge, and I think part of that reason is because he writes the roundups all the time, and, and he knows what's constantly happening with pitchers. Um, and so I think it really gave me a grasp on, um, you know, pitchers that I like and pitchers that I don't like, and it kind of, like, made those feelings either, I mean, Generally, I think they got more extreme, but sometimes it's just like, oh, this guy's just kind of bleh. Like, uh, I don't know, Tony Disco, Anthony Descofani. Um, so, yeah, like, I am really glad I did that, but unless I have unless I have more time next year, um, I definitely don't want to do as many because it was, it was so sound, stressful. It sounds stressful. It was a lot. Um, I was just, you know, happy to... To help nick and um you know kind of lighten his load uh so yeah yeah uh the whole the whole pitcher list team is just fantastic uh mm -hmm. they have done in the past six months i want to say at least three like massive like baseball community altering uh projects or or okay. undertakings like there was PitchCon, which was mm -hmm. a, it was was it two or three days? Uh, I think or three. four, three May, days. Actually, Probably. I think it might have been four. It was three or four. So basically, every like a who's who of baseball analysts, just every name you can think of, yeah, contributed to this 
conference, this virtual online conference over the course of a, a weekend plus, and just everyone had their own panels. Every everyone was you know pre presenting you know hypotheses or findings, and it was just wonderful because it on on top of just you know like studies and you know finding out numbers and whatnot there was also a lot about like the people and that was yeah. something that you had a hand in one of your panels was women in baseball mm -hmm. which is uh, something that i feel really strongly about um i i it's it's a very very white male dominated field and really it, it doesn't need to be and shouldn't be yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. Um, and you know, that, that was, um, you know, something where I, I talk to Nick a lot nowadays. Um, I probably talk to him at the least every other day. Um, and I think we were talking about the lineup and I was just like, man, this lineup is insane. Um, and he was talking about different panels and whatever. And I was like, Nick, this is like super, super white and super male. Like at that point, I think we had, maybe two women lined up um, to, you know, really just take part in pitch going. Um, and, you know, it's not malicious, but I think that's the issue is that none of this is. Most people in the industry have good intentions, but they just don't go out of their way to make these things happen. So at the time I was like, hey, Nick, let me let me try and get a panel together of just like people who have really marginalized voices in this industry and let them talk about their experiences and like how we can be better and and really just show people like, hey, we do have people like this. Um, and it turned into just a panel of women. Um, and so we kind of just, you know, made it the women in baseball panel. But um, I honestly didn't want to be the moderator. Um, it it It's a really like scary thing for me. Like I, I love being social and talking to people and everything, but I don't like moderating or anything because it's just like, I was just sitting on pins and needles the entire time because I didn't want it to be awkward. I wanted it. To, it was just my baby. So I wanted it to go well. Um, but they're just all amazing. I, it turned out as well as, as I could have asked. And um, I, I still wish that I asked Kate to be the moderator uh, and she was like, no, nah, man, you should do it. And I was like, no, Kate, please don't make <laughs> me do it. Um, but it turned out almost as well as I could have asked. Like um, I, I, I still think that, you know, if you, if you would have substituted a more experienced uh, moderator, it would have been a little better, but it was my first time. And um, I think a lot of people, you know, in, in conjunction with the, the Black, Li Black Lives Matter uh, movement, um, it was pretty powerful. So I'm just, I'm happy to, you know, it means a lot to me to advocate for basically people who aren't white men in this field. And, and I think I, I, I don't want to center myself here, but I think I was able to do that. And, and um, I think we were able to have a pretty cool conversation. Yeah. It, it's also getting talked about a little bit more widely now. I forgot who wrote the article for the athletic this week, talking about the white male Ivy league takeover of baseball recently and, yeah. and, and the writing as well on the writer's side as well. And so it, it's finally getting probably the public attention of a problem it deserves in baseball now. Yeah. yeah, the fact the fact that Nick put this together and needed someone to point out, like, dude, this is a super white group. Like, <laughs> it's like Nick is one of the nicest people I've met. Oh yeah, yeah. And 
like it it just it slips by it's yeah. just it's it's so it's just so it's the status quo and that's you know that's why it's so important to have panels like this to you know make people aware of it and bring it to people's attention so it's really great that you 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 know brought that to his attention and put this together and i thought that a really great like i i don't know if this was a a, a decision you made consciously but you you mostly just stepped back let them talk and you know that i think that's what was needed for that scenario yeah uh, and i think to, to an extent that was um there were some moments where and, and that was a really conscious um you know decision where it, it was a really weird position for me to be in as a male um moderator because i was like it just felt like a really weird power dynamic um and i wanted to be because i i know let me see i think i knew all that like i hadn't talked to everyone before then but i knew of every single person on that panel um and they're all awesome writers awesome personalities awesome people and so i just wanted to be able to you know give them time to shine and i think there were instances where you know some people are just naturally more shy some people less or so so I, I think it would have been nice to have more like pointed questions at specific people. But I also think that, you know, that the lack of that allowed them to take the conversation where it needed or where they wanted to, to take it. Because at the end of the day, I didn't want it to be about me. I wanted it to be about them. So I think we accomplished that. Yeah, like the the rare time that you did you know, I try try to guide it in a specific direction. It was to the generally uncomfortable topic of what do we do to change things, and yeah. you know that that is somewhere the conversation needs to go. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I, I, I you know I think you did a fantastic job of moderating it. Thank you. So the other uh, so anyone that wants to watch uh, the panels that we're talking about, it's on YouTube. Just uh, if you want to look at the panels we're specifically talking about, you can literally just uh, type into YouTube. Uh, uh, PitchCon agenda, and uh, you'll find these two panels specifically. But uh, really, everything that happened at PitchCon was worth watching. Uh, I the will other... probably tweet them out from the Tape Measure account to go along with this. Do it. Hey. So uh, the other panel that you did, and this was solo. Uh, you said you had my three favorite pitchers, and this felt like just let's let's take a let's take a Michael Agetto article and just rip away like all the constraints of you know pen on paper and just you know go nuts this this was like the the theatrical film version of, it, of an article of yours it was really nice it was really well done lots of lots of uh visual aids lots of uh, lots of data presented it was really good mm-hmm. i think you talked yeah. sp- specifically about boyd uh matthew boyd who's a big uh, big uh guy around fan uh yeah fan quest pitcher list uh, yeah, and Andrew Heaney and uh, Shane Bieber. Yeah, and those are my boys. Um, you know, Boyd was one of the first articles I ever did. Um, you know, I, I think I'm a lot higher on. Well, I'm I'm really higher on all three of them than than most people, but I'm definitely higher on Bieber than a lot of people um, because people just hate his fastball, and I don't think you know. Um, uh, kind of. I forgot what the term is. Even though he was like a high draft pick and and had a lot of not legacy but um, pedigree, um, like notwithstanding Andrew Heaney is not really as respected as I think he should be. 
Um, and so, yeah, it was definitely an opportunity to um, flex my presentation skills, which was funny because, as I said that day, I finished the, the presentation as a whole five minutes before I joined the waiting room and, like, started the presentation. Uh, and so I think I finished in, like, like I had an Really, I had like 50 to 60 minutes, um, and then depending on how long it was, like I had a Q&A kind of um, section, but it took me maybe 35 max. Uh, and so when I finished, I was like, hey, Nick, come and save me because uh, <laughs> I'm all done. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, again, I kind of made it a point to put as few words on that slide as possible and just have it be full of visual aids because I think text is really distracting and it's something where you should be the one talking instead of having people read. That's one of my biggest pet peeves 100%. in like the academic field. Yeah. Basic PowerPoint one oh one. Right. Yes. But like, oh my gosh, I've seen some I'm in a master's program right now and I've seen some it's like it's just kind of crazy. It's like I, I can't believe you're in a master's program and are making this, this kind of presentation i got i got broken of the bad powerpoint habits actually like two years ago in college in a <laughs> spanish class because the teacher didn't want us putting our entire presentations in powerpoint so she's like you could you're only allowed like six words on a slide oh. and we're doing a five or six minute presentation in spanish and so it was it, ever since then it's been completely different yeah how i do it. no definitely so i think that's it's, way to, it's a yeah. big huge pet peeve of mine with presentations mm -hmm. and convention panels yeah. Um, and so it was basically, I mean, because I didn't know what I was going to present about. It was Nick. Nick was like, so what are you presenting? And I was like, I didn't know I was presenting. And he was like, oh, you're presenting. And I was like, I don't <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Like, it, it felt really weird to to kind of. It's like, I'm not I'm not that dope. Like, I can't just like present just to present. And he was like, yeah, you are. And I was like, whatever, Nick. Um and so he was like, "Well, I'm gonna choose for you. You're gonna you're gonna talk about your three favorite pitchers, because um, I couldn't really settle on a topic." And I was like, "Okay, I can you know I can do that." Um, and they were all pitchers that I had already written about. And you know I kicked around Joe Musgrove, I kicked around Dylan Bundy, but um, I really think that these three guys in general are like my my one A, one B, and one C. So it was super fun. I've seen a I've seen a lot of people in in analytics talk about. Bieber being a prime regression candidate this season. Mm -hmm. So to hear you talk about him like that is interesting. Yeah, big disagree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a there, there there seem to be like trends around pitcher list where there's like there's always like a, a set of like ten or so pitchers where like you guys are particularly heavy on them. Yeah. Go, there's there's Musgrove, there's uh there's Boyd, there's Heaney's Bieber. Uh yep, yeah, actually, what well, I think one of my one of my favorite parts about reading pitcher list articles, uh, I it's it's Nick Nick's writing in particular. We they the the nicknames that catch on. Oh my gosh, I love them. Uh, Some of them I, are I would, so good. I, I would have never heard the the. I don't know if uh, I know I know Rai Rai played World of Warcraft. I don't know if you have, but uh, Jake Degrom Hellscream. That is. I came up with that. <laughs> that's fantastic. I loved it so much. That's amazing. Right? I, I was yeah. mad that I didn't think of it. That yeah, I was, I was holy excited. mother of God. I was a I was a big um uh, uh not World of Warcraft. I was a big Warcraft three uh, uh fan coming up. So it was like, you know, we were doing nicknames. And I was like, hey Nick, can we please like do you know what this is? Can we please do this? And he was like, Oh hell yeah. 
Nice. Uh, so I was proud of that one. <laughs> you never, never need to ask him permission to be a dork. Never. I know. Yeah, absolutely not. Especially with nicknames and puns. That's so, how I'm going to refer to DeGrom for forever now, by the way. Schweppes. Yeah. <laughs> so earlier you mentioned not previously being too into fantasy, but mm -hmm. you wrote a couple of articles this year, Fantasy 101, which I was angry reading because i'm like dude stop like stop telling everyone you're giving you're giving it away you're giving this away for free stop it yeah <laughs> ruining your draft strategy schwebsy there they're really like if you do if you're at any level of fantasy baseball playing these are such good articles it's how to look at baseball like how to look at players in a more analytical way what stats you should be looking at like what's sticky what's not what's skill based what's luck based like it's like just stuff you might never think about is pitch mix spin rate whiff percentage zone percentage like it's it's just such a good primer on what you need to be looking for to stay ahead of the curve for your fantasy league like these were so there like there's a couple of really great articles on pitcher list uh mm -hmm. you know regarding you know draft strategy and uh just what, what you need to be looking for to uh you know destroy your league yeah and i hope think that your a... league mates don't read it as a conglomerate i don't i don't I'm biased, obviously, but I don't think there's anyone that, in terms of like, especially our fantasy one-on-one stuff. Like, I mean, really, I think we're such a unique site. I don't think anyone does, um, you know, baseball like we do. And I'm really proud, you know, to to write for for Pitcherless. Not only because of that, but like, Nick Pollock and Alex Fast are two of my favorite people ever. Um, but yeah, I mean, those articles were essentially me trying to just take take my process and, you know, throw shit in the cauldron and distill it into one article and like, which was incredibly difficult because it's like, there's so, every single different player, the process looks different. So it's not just like a checklist where, you know, um, I start in a different spot for, for most players. Um, but I tried to do my best of really taking different research that I've learned so much over, like Jeff Sullivan was, you know, where I learned a lot about how to approach. I mean, I think that's why I'm a pitching guy is because he was too. Um, and he could, you know, he could do everything, but that was kind of his jam. And, and I really love pitching. And so that's part of the reason why I'm that way. But I've learned so much about like statistics from Alex Chamberlain and um, a lot from, from Eno Saris and, and Jeff Sullivan and also Nick, um, I think I've learned the most from Nick in terms of just like actually watching pitchers and and that kind of process. But um, props pick definitely those, goes. What was that? Pick those names up on the way out, please. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, I forgot what I was going. Oh. Um, Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like uh, other people have done the research. Like, um, I, I wouldn't be half the writer I am now if. I didn't know all of these things. Like I would be misusing the shit out of Statcast data all the time if I didn't know. I don't like using the word stabilize. Um, if I didn't know the, I think uh, people like credibility or or um, um, reliability uh, kind of levels or, or um, checkpoints or whatever you want to call it. Like if I didn't know when numbers get more stable call it um or you know when things get stickier or how sticky things are year to year like i i wouldn't know how to choose which stats to to use and so um 
I mean, like you were saying earlier, I'm a really, really obsessive person. I think that's why um, I think I'm a good writer, um, and which is kind of funny. But um, I just, I'm constantly learning. Like, I'm constantly reading people's work and constantly changing my opinions and, and the way that I go about my process and everything. So, um, you know, hopefully I'll be a different writer next year than I am now. Yeah. All right. I think I've covered everything I wanted to and probably more. So do you have anything that you want to plug on the way out? Um, no, I mean, as a whole, you know, just I'm, I'm over at, I'm over at picture list and I'm over at uh, lookout landing. Um, you know, I'm hoping to, to start getting, um, pieces out on a more weekly basis. And I, I guess I kind of have, like I've had, um, probably four or five pieces in the past couple weeks, but, um, you can look out for my um, for my going deep pieces on Friday. As I said, I have a Mariners podcast called It's Never Sunny in Seattle with Andy Patton. Um, you can find me on Twitter at DisiMikey, which is D-Y-S-T-H-Y-M-I-K-E-Y. Um, and Shane Bieber is good. And guys, like, if you care about baseball, check out Pitcher's List. It's, yes. it's Pitcher List. It's really, it's just a fantastic website. That is thank you one thing so you much beaten into my head the last year doing this podcast <laughs> with you. I, I'm rocking list. my I'm rocking rocking my pitcherless gear right now. I was gonna say, I'm, man, you I'm look a amazing. Fanboy. <laughs> All right, thank thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, man, no problem. All right, once again, thanks to Michael Legetto from Pitcherless for coming on. Um, awesome, awesome guy, and definitely go check out Pitcherless if you guys are not already reading it. Uh, we're gonna do a literally. Quick... I, I I pay for I pay for two baseball websites, two sports websites, God. and Pitcherless is one of them. Yeah, I need I need to start paying for it or just beg you. Um, we're gonna get run do a quick rundown of the news uh that's fit to print this week in the baseball world. Um, the first one is uh Puig free agent season is over, and we're into or Puig Atlanta is season is starting. There you go. Um, I love Puig and Acuna in the same outfield, even though they're in you know my division. Who doesn't, it's fun. You know who doesn't? Who? The manager. I don't think, like, I, I really don't Dude, believe that. Like, Snedeker literally said he would have benched Acuna if it wasn't a playoff game. This is a powder I... keg, dude. Really, really hate for my players to have fun. You got to remember, this is the same team that had Brian McCann noted fun hater in it for forever. Uh, he's gone. Isn't he working with the front office though? After he retired, I don't think he's, I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna. You know, come down he from the cut, suite and truck could, someone at home plate. He could easily do that though. It's Brian <laughs> McCann. Let's be real. He would want to try to at least. Yeah. So uh, the reason for the Puig signing, uh, we had a Christian Pache injury. Yes. Which uh, it it's a grade two ankle sprain. He is like their he's their closest outfield prospect yep. to the majors, and looked like he could possibly be replacing Enciarte if uh, if Enciarte got off to a bad start. Correct. So uh, that's that seems to be what spurred the uh, the Puig to the Braves signing. Also, it's very frustrating. Also, that short whenever... season. Take your shot at it. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's it's very frustrating that like the Braves lose Donaldson, they sign Ozuna. The Braves lose a, a top prospect, they sign Quake. It's very very my, annoying. My other thing is though, and, and this and this is just a side note. This is a franchise that has not won a playoff series in 19 years. 
They broke the Cubs record of most consecutive playoff series losses. They are that desperate <laughs> to break Good. this. Good. Yeah, exactly. Good. Keep it going. Keep it going, please. Um, run it back, guys. I'll quickly run down the other injuries that make people questionable start for the season. Obviously, started out with Christian Pache. Aaron Judge uh, with a neck injury, although he did get the suction cup thing and did take fly balls in the outfield today, so... Still probably questionable for the start of the season, but maybe not as questionable as we thought. Gary Sheffield Jr. said that Aaron Judge should just suck it up and play. Noted good baseball player, Gary Sheffield Jr. His, his, I think his, his quote was like, my father played for years when he couldn't lift his arm above his head. Yeah. And it's like, okay, he sucked at fielding. <laughs> um, Jacob deGrom uh, went down with a back injury. Yesterday, this morning, I'm iffy on the times. It's been yeah, that he, kind of week. He he came out of a game yesterday after one start. Uh, yep. The report was bad back. He got an MRI today. It was, uh, they said nothing major. So he's day to day. Probably so, just inflammation, know. get an injection, yeah. and hopefully he's ready for opening day. Cool. Yeah. Is questionable for there. opening day, which is why he's on this list. Uh, Tom Murphy with a foot injury. Um, they weren't sure if it was a bone in his, if he sprained his actual foot or if he sprained his ankle. I hadn't seen an update on that. Um, Byron Buxton. Yes, Byron uh, Buxton had, got had, hurt. That so looked we, terrible. We, well, yeah. The, so the video, uh, it, it looked bad, but yeah. supposedly it's just a foot sprain. So, I mean, the my, my immediate gut reaction uh, was, oh, cool, a Buxton injury baseball's here again see you but... august 1st for like five games before you get hurt again i feel really what? bad i like byron buxton um oh he would i wish he would stay healthy for a year i would love to see a, a prime buxton a full year. buxton season um yeah ryan presley relief pitcher for the astros had a blister on his finger is questionable for the opening day roster with shorter aisles and stuff i wouldn't be surprised to see him go on it and come back up for the second series at home um jacoby jones uh injured his oblique um, he's getting another MRI on it. Was supposed to get one today. I didn't see the results of it. And last, Willie Calhoun with a hip flexor is also questionable for opening day, but probably won't miss more than the opening series. That's that's another one. That's a bummer. I would I want to see a full Willie Calhoun season. I want to I see feel a like, sixty like, game Willie Calhoun season. Like dude's a little bowling ball in yes. So much power. Yeah, seriously, dude is dude is nuts. Um, and then we have the opt outs. Yeah, we're we're gonna jump around this, I guess. Um, so the opt outs continued. Um, Posey it was confirmed uh, because he and his wife adopted twin girls that were born premature. Um, Hector Noisy, Nois, Nois. Sure, sure. For the Pirates, opted out. Jordan Hicks opted out, but he wasn't gonna pitch anyway, right? Or am I going crazy? He was. He. So he was supposed to be back from his Tommy John this year, but had a setback, and that's when they decided, let's just opt out. Cool. Good call. Good call medically, actually, to do that. Yeah. And then Michael Kopik opted out for the White Sox, but he is also coming off Tommy John surgery. Yeah. I'm really excited for Kopik's rookie ago. year to finish. Like, his rookie year is going to finish, like, three years after his debut. Who was the guy who had rookie eligibility, like, five years in a row? Who literally is, maxed is Michael it out? Kopech? Besides Michael Kopech, there was one like two or three years ago. It was really funny. Um, 
Cubs and Astros uh, delayed practices again this week to continue talking about COVID and baseball season starting um, because they did not get their test results in time. The Nats also, who had problems the previous week, moved all their practices to the evenings to get in game time workouts. But seeing as how they had to delay slash cancel practices last week because of it, I wouldn't be surprised if that also had something to do with it. Yeah. Um, um, the other thing was right before we actually started recording our interview and going live uh, with this, Anthony Rizzo did a podcast with NBC Chicago, and he believes that more players are going to opt out of the season as the testing continues to struggle into this second week. Um, hints that we're going to see some big names decide not to play in 2020 who just decide haven't announced it yet and are waiting closer to opening day. That's kind of a dick move. I kind of think they're hoping MLB is going to get their ish together, and when they don't, they're going to opt out at the last minute. Yeah, but I, I, I like, feel I, like I that's feel, what's I, happening. I, I feel like the uh, return of the tests isn't on MLB. Like I feel, I like I don't think you can really blame them they, for the tests not coming back quickly enough. They sold the players on the fact that the two labs that they had contact contracted in Utah to do this could do a twenty-four tur- hour turnaround on the test and have them back the next morning. So far, that has not happened. Yeah, so I yeah. think it really I mean, is on MLB, and the players all opting out before opening day to be like you to MLB is actually kind of funny. Yeah, so maybe it's on MLB for overpromising, yeah. uh, but I don't, I don't think it's necessarily their fault that I they're under. I don't think so either. I think they, I think maybe the labs bit off a little bit more than they could chew in terms of yeah. test numbers. Um, Ten now unnamed, as of now unnamed umpires have opted out, mainly due to age. And sadly, none of those were Joe West, who doesn't believe in COVID-19 or making correct calls. What a goddamn legend. Uh, by the way, CowboyJoeWest at Hotmail.com is his email if you want to send him a complaint. Um, I'm not kidding. That is his actual email address. If you go to the Major League Umpires Union website, it is also their contact email. Yeah, we didn't dox him. It's already out there. Yep. Um... I think one of the one of the the other big things um, that's happening is prospects are absolutely showing up in these showcase interest squad games so far. So Kellenic had like three home runs in two days, and, Riley, a, and uh, a double off the wall. Yeah, he's oh, he's nice. crushing the ball. Yeah, uh, and from the same team, uh, Kyle Lewis is absolutely raking. Like Thank there, God, there's I'm a, glad he's healthy now. There's a realistic chance that in 2021 they have their outfield of the future already, like in place, like Kyle Lewis, yeah. Kalanick, and God, uh, Julio Rodriguez. Like, there's like they're, they're all they all seem like they're doing the so well and ahead now. of schedule. The future is and, now, and um, they're they're yeah. also loaded with pitching prospects. They the Mariners could be scary. They are um, very scary. They're scary now, so, to be honest, especially in a short season. Yeah, Evan White too. They've yeah. got a lot of potential uh blow-ups there um, uh, good kind of blow-up riley green made a catch that even surprised mike trout yeah it was like it, it's like he made a leaping catch he robbed the home run over the wall but like his body was mispositioned so he had to reach so far and it was just a wild catch it reminds me of i can't remember where it was it wasn't Boston. It was another place that had a short wall in right field when Torrey Hunter was playing center and made that catch basically behind the right fielder yeah. over the it, wall it and was, grabbed it. It reminded uh, me of that so much. Here. Maybe I'm biased here, but it was almost Andy Chavez-esque. Yeah. Um, we had Luis Robert hit a home run while falling down. Doing an Adrian Beltre impersonation? He, oh, Adrian Beltre took a knee. He went down. Yeah. 
it well, was it was he great. started to take a knee and then decided to it looked like he decided <laughs> to fall over it i it's still very impressive it blew my mind so yeah, uh, on that what prospect do you think besides Luis roberts can make the biggest impact in the shortened season i don't know which one but i think it's going to be a mariner between evan white Kyle Lewis, I think one of those okay. two is going to be the one that blows up. I'm leaning towards Kyle Lewis right now. In, inside baseball here, we pre we, we we talked about this before, so we didn't have the same players. I'm going to go with Mackenzie Gore of the San Diego Padres. Um, they have basically been one or two really good starting pitchers away from being really dangerous. They've obviously done a lot on the batting side, the offensive side with their free agency, and he can kind of shore up that three spot in that rotation. And in a shortened season like this, make a huge impact for a team that is probably fighting for a wild card. Um, The nutty thing about this shortened season, too, is the Blue Jays still don't know where they're playing baseball. Yeah, that's why with the season starting in 10 days, this is like reaching like critical mass, like so something needs to happen. They're negotiating now. with the Department of Health with Canada, like the actual federal agency, because they got an extension. They got a... Um, exemption for camp because they're staying at the stadium and staying in the hotel and they're trying to get an exemption for the season because like airplane lands it's a private chartered flight anyway so the plane has to be cleaned and sterilized buses they'll pay for the buses and for the sterilization that has to happen the teams will stay in the hotel and they'll play at the rogers center and the canadian government kind of hasn't gotten back to them um apparently their first option choice is triple a buffalo over playing in florida and I think Buffalo makes a lot of sense. Um, it's easier to get people there like field staff and, and trainers and such, and probably easier to get accommodations there than it is in Florida right now. And there's also less cases in Buffalo. Yeah, uh, Travis Shaw kind of like went to war with the entirety of Canada on Twitter, and you know it's serious because none of them apologized. Uh, Rutro raggy. So... Last thing we want to touch on today, uh, big news in uh, team names. Yeah. The, the Cleveland Indians, Indians. The Indians are officially changing their name. Officially changing their names. For next, my, for next season, supposedly. My prayers, I don't pray, but I'm praying for this. The Spiders, I want the it Spiders has to back. Be, it has to be the Spiders. I want it so bad. If not the Spiders, then the Rocks or the Rockers. It has to be one of those three things. Yeah, rockers or spiders. Um, Maybe not rockers because of John Rocker. What's really interesting is um, there when websites get updated, they keep some stuff private, and people have clever ways of finding out what what cached things are private. And somebody has found a hat on the Cleveland Indians store page that is the C with the spider web inside of it. So a lot of I people are it. like, they're already putting stuff up to be like, hey, huge, look at this thing. Um, the For other- those of you. For those of you who are not up on your baseball history, the Cleveland Spiders were the literal worst baseball team of all time. They had the worst winning percentage of any baseball team ever. They lost so, like 127 yeah. games in an 140-game season. It's in, it's incredible. They were atrocious. And with the way Cleveland is spending, as in not spending, they're heading back in that direction. So it's appropriate. Yes, this is very, very true. Um, the other things is the Braves are doing a review but they're not changing their name. And I'm also not really impressed with their statement on the chop either. So I know your specialty is the hot takes and I'm not really the hot take machine, but I have a hot take on this one. Okay, go for it. 
So my hot take, Indians, bad. Redskins, bad. Braves, Chiefs, fine. Fair, because, fair enough. Because Braves is just like a an Indian flavored warrior. Yeah. It's like it's like it's like so you know, I, I I really, really God, I hate quoting Trump in a positive light, but he said that team names are meant to like evoke power, right? Yeah. And Braves, that does in fact evoke power. Like that that was a, you know, a strong group of people within a race but which the is problem fine. is it's if you're doing it in a negative stereotyp- stereotypical way it is perceived you as do racist. have to avoid that yeah, yeah. you have to you have to, so, be, you have to be tactful about it there's their their quote is the atlanta braves honor respect and value the native american community and as an organization we have also always drawn strength from our diversity and respect for everyone and that will never change um as long with the name basically saying the name's never going to change it's honor and tradition um which screams dan snyder circa 2010 <laughs> That was our timer. We no. failed. <laughs> I'm up. We were trying to get do rid it in 15 minutes. We, for the, we got close. Get rid of the tomahawk chop. Get rid of the tomahawk chop. Keep the name. Cool so with it, then. This is insane. They're basically saying it's part of the fan experience. We're going to stop playing the audio, but we're not going to care if the fans do it themselves. That ain't it, Chief, to make a pun slash joke. Huh. Hey. Um... Man, we didn't even get to the funny thing this week. The MLB is oh. requiring teams to pump in fan noise during games. I think this is a disadvantage to teams like the A's and the Marlins because they're going to be confused as they don't know what that sounds like. Yes, exactly. Um, I think it's very, very odd they're requiring it and put a ruling down on it. I think it's because some teams wanted to do it and some didn't, but it's still, it's so, it's so, so odd. Uh, it's like Marlins are going to be playing a home game. You're like, what is this, New York? What's what's happening right now? Why? Where am I? Are we are we in Philly, Atlanta, or DC, or New York? What? Um, is it opening day? Wait. <laughs> um, you can tell you you can tell you're still in Florida because the hospitals are full. Ooh, 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 ooh burn. Um, on that on that hot take or realistic hot note. Um, anything else you want to add? No, no, uh, I'm afraid to say anything else because that was bad and I'm sorry. Yeah, well, it, it's true. Does that make it bad? Um, as always, he's Swepsy. I'm Rai Rai. Stay safe, six feet apart, wear a mask, stay safe. We will see you next week, a day from the baseball season starting. <laughs>